What up, Ryuji here, and welcome to episode one of the Animal Advocate Podcast. Now, let's jump right into today's topic, which is going to be how to become a confident advocate for animals. How can you go from being an angry vegan, a quiet vegan, a shy vegan, however you label yourself to be right now, to being a confident and effective advocate for animals such that you know what to say to defend animals at any point, at any time, whether you're in a casual conversation with someone, you're sitting next to someone in the bus or the plane, or you're going to an outreach event. How can you be confident in all the situations and always know what to say, how to respond to be the best voice that you can be for the animals? I want to make this very practical, and this is going to be a step-by-step guide. So what I called it is a step-by-step guide for you to become the voice for the animals that you envision yourself to be. As I've posted more content of myself being an advocate for animals on social media, on Instagram and YouTube and mainly those platforms, but other places as well, well, what I've seen is that I've managed to inspire people, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful and humbled that people are inspired by my work. But one thing that I've always wanted to do is not just inspire people, but actually get people to take action. And I've seen many people take action from the content that I've produced and other people have produced. But at the same time, I've also seen comments of people who say things like, one day I would love to be like you, or I wish that we could clone you. For some reason, I got two comments like that in one of my recent posts. I don't know why people are thinking that all of a sudden, but you know, I wish we could clone you. The world needs more people like you, et cetera, et cetera. I, I want to go out there, but I'm too shy. Or, you know, I, I want to be like you, but I can't be calm like you. And I, I always get angry and all, all this type of stuff. Right. And for me, what I believe my view of the world is that we're all the same. No one is cut from a different cloth and what one human can do, another human can do. So I want to be clear that everything that I can do, I think that anyone can do that too with some work. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking to you about my personal journey. So where I started out and you're going to see that I started to at a very low point. And I'm going to tell you about some tools that have helped me evolve and become the advocate for animals that I am today. Now, I am still a work in progress. I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest. But I do think that I've picked up a few things along my journey that could support you as well. And this is going to be, like I said, practical step by step. So you might want to get out a pen and paper to take some notes here. Um, And I also invite you to revisit this podcast as you're taking action. Because this is not for you to just listen to once and then feel good about having listened to something and being inspired. This is really for you to to take and go actually apply this. I want you to take action and uh, otherwise this is going to be a waste of your time. So let's get right started. That's not something you say, but anyways, let's get started. So where did I personally start? Well, I started low. I started really, really low. Before I was an advocate for animals, and even as I was starting my journey of becoming an advocate for animals, I was extremely shy. I was extremely quiet. Um, You know, throughout high school, I already talked about this in some of my other videos, but I want to tell you again that I was not a social person at all. In fact, when I was in high school, my dream was to be a popular kid. I would look up to to, to the popular kids, and I would ask myself, why can't I be that? And I noticed that there were some people who... Everyone was drawn to them. When they spoke, people wanted to listen. When they cracked jokes, people would laugh. And I could never understand what was the gap between me and them. Because for me, in any social situation, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to connect with people. And when I started 
wanting to defend animals, I, I had no clue how to go about that. I had no idea how to spark up a conversation with someone, potentially bring it to this topic. Even if I had gone to an outreach event, I would have had no idea what to say. And this is what happened. As I became vegan, I was a shy, quiet vegan for about two and a half years. For two and a half years, I desperately wanted to advocate for animals, but I didn't do anything. I just sat in my corner and I kind of forgot about it. I thought that I was going to become a filmmaker. Uh, I was going to film school at the time. And I kind of put it to the back of my mind saying, you know, I, I wish we could do something about this, but it, it's not going to be me because I can't do that. And even fast forward to when I first started becoming an advocate for animals. The first outreach event that I was at was actually at the Animal Liberation Conference. Um, I did no outreach. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. And I think I've, I've said this word for word in a previous video. I was, you know, it was a cube of truth and I was in the cube for the majority of the time. And I was actually even, I was so scared to even raise my hand in the cube. Like the, the cube lasted maybe two to, three, two to three hours and the entire time I was just holding a screen in the cube. And even when I got tired, you're supposed to raise your hand to let the organizers know to, to swap you out. I, I was actually even too shy to do that. So I just stayed there the entire time. Don't get me wrong, it was still a very powerful experience, but I didn't have the courage or the confidence to do any outreach. And what happened was that as we were packing the cube up, we ended the event, I took off my mask, I gave back my screen, and there was someone there who was watching one of the screens that was getting packed up. And so I approached that person, and I can't remember what I said, but I sparked up a conversation, um, like we'd been taught to do so, you know, a couple hours ago. I started talking, and then about three sentences in, this is how I remember it, I ran out of things to say. I didn't know how to continue advocating for animals and there was a really awkward silence and what happened was that someone else jumped in and took over the conversation. It was awkward and at the moment I remember feeling like, wow, I have no idea how to do this. So that's where I started and if you look at my outreach now, if you watch my videos, you might be able to see that I feel pretty confident going to situations. Now, I'm not the best, the greatest, but it's pretty difficult for me to imagine a situation in which I would genuinely be stumped. A situation in which someone says something and I wouldn't know how to respond or I wouldn't be able to come up with an appropriate thing to say to defend animals, right? I say an appropriate thing because I think that at any moment in time, there are many different things that you could say and there are many different things that are appropriate to defend animals. But the point is, I can't remember in recent times a time when someone said something and I didn't know what to say. And that was due to this process that I followed that I'm gonna share with you right now that allowed me to learn the skill of outreach and we're just gonna go into that right now. So if you're looking to take notes, this is when you're gonna to wanna to start taking notes. So the step one, the first thing that I want to address, and this might be the most important of all, and it's simply gonna be mindset. So step one is mindset. What do I mean by that? The concept I wanna be talking about here is the concept of having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Now you can read about this if you like reading books, and I encourage you to read books. If you wanna read a book about this, there's a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck that I encourage you to check out. But the concept here is that with anything in life, any skill in life, there are two ways of mentally approaching it. One way of approaching it is to approach it with a fixed mindset. And that means that you think that whatever level you're at in that particular thing, you can't grow. So if we take the example of outreach, that would be thinking to yourself things like, I am just not good at talking to people. 
I always break down when I talk about this. I always get angry when I talk about this. Um, when I talk to people about animal rights, I feel like people don't care and you know what, it's just something that I don't wanna do. If you're thinking thoughts like that to yourself, then that means that in this area, you have a fixed mindset. Now, what does a growth mindset look like in contrast to that? A growth mindset says, well, I may not know what's the most effective way to advocate for animals right now, but I'm gonna learn. I can learn, I have the capability to learn, and I have the capability to excel at this. If I put in the work, then I can be great at this. When I watch others be great at doing outreach, I know that I can do that too if I put in some hard work and effort. That is what a growth mindset is. And in the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, like I said, um, Carol Dweck goes into great detail in how those different mindsets and how having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset can drastically change the direction of your life. If you start consciously adopting a growth mindset in every area of your life, now all of a sudden you would never feel st stuck because you feel like anything that you want to accomplish, you could go learn it, right? So what's important to understand here is that outreach is a skill and that we're all cut from the same cloth, like I already said, what one human can do, another human can do. So what I want you to realize, if you haven't already realized this, is that when you watch others advocate for animals, maybe you admire them, right? For me, I remember, actually before I started advocating for animals, I would watch videos from people like Earthling Ed, for example, right? Let's take him as an example, because a lot of people look up to him. Well, I used to look at what he did, and I used to think to myself, I don't know how I can ever be like that, right? And that was the fixed mindset inside me. I watched what he did and I was like, he is so much greater than me at this. I will never reach that level. And I remember that even as I was starting to become an advocate and I was starting to become more vocal, I remember this one experience where I was going to a Cuba Truth with my friend Hudson. Now you probably know Hudson Tarlow. You know, I feature him sometimes on my page. We're very good friends, so you probably saw his stuff. Well, we were walking to this event. We were actually in the parking lot after we parked our cars. And we were talking about the direction in which we wanted to take our advocacy and our online content. And I was talking to him about how I love doing outreach, but I really don't think that my contribution to this movement and my contribution to the community is going to be through outreach. And I said that I think there are people who are way greater at this than me, you know, people like Ed. I think he's way greater at this than me. I don't think that I can ever be as good as him, so maybe I should concentrate my efforts in another area. And what Hudson said in that moment, he said, really? Because what I told him was, I said, you know, I, I, really, I really don't plan on being the best outreacher. I really don't plan on being better than Ed or you know, some other people that we, we might have looked up to. And Hudson just looked at me and he's like, really, you don't? Because I do. And in that moment, because I, I'm an extremely competitive person, right, I just want to destroy others. Like a part of me is very collaborative, very loving. I want everyone to succeed and win and I want everyone to rise up together. I want all of us to defend animals together. But another part of me is extremely competitive. And I think that's one of, the, one of my traits that has allowed me to excel in different skills in my life. But the point is when he said that, I was like, okay, so, so you're, you're going to actually go for this. Well, if you are going to try to excel at this, then I'm going to do that too. And what that reawakened in my mind was this growth mindset. And I told myself, you know what? This guy's right. Hudson is right. We might not be the greatest right now. We might not be that good at this because at the time, I remember I was still going to events and uh, you know, I would talk to people and I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had some sort of idea, you know, so as, as in like I, I was 
trying to guess what to say, but I would always have conversations and the conversations had no clear direction. I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. All right, so that's where I was at. And I remember thinking to myself, all right, so today I have no idea what I'm doing. I have very little idea what I'm doing, but I'm gonna learn. And I reminded myself that, well, I better have a growth mindset in this area. And I, I basically figured out that I, I had a fixed mindset, so I shifted that. So that's the first thing that when you shift, is to realize that we're all cut from the same cloth. What one human can do, another human can do. Whatever you admire in others, here as a side note as well, I will say that whatever you admire in, in others is generally something that you admire in yourself as well. So the greatness that you see in others is really the greatness that you see within yourself. But regardless, you can achieve that too. And the first step towards that is to shift your mindset to believe and to tell yourself, I can do this too. It's gonna to take work, but I can do this too. So after that, what is step two? And step two is simply take massive action. And what do I mean by this? For me, before I started becoming an advocate for animals and I got myself involved with the community, well, I always wanted to defend animals, but the only people with whom I would talk about animal rights were people here and there who were already in my life, right? So friends, family, and the conversations were with the same three to five people, and I didn't have that many conversations. Now, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is that the people with whom you're practicing the skill it's just not enough people, right? If you look at outreach as a skill that you develop, which as a side, a side effect of having a, a growth mindset is understanding that pretty much everything in life is a skill that you can develop. Well, if you look at it that way, then you gotta understand that is, is a skill that you're gonna have to practice. Now, how do you practice anything else in life? Let's look at learning a new instrument or getting fit in the gym, right? If you wanted to become a bodybuilder, well, it should be pretty clear in your mind that you're gonna to have to put in that work. You're gonna to have to go to the gym regularly. You're gonna to have to learn how to do exercises and you're actually gonna to have to execute on that, right? Similarly, if you're gonna learn an instrument, then you will know that you will have to practice that instrument. You'll probably have to, you know, every day or as, as much as you can, pick up the instrument, learn new things, try them out, do them over and over and over and over and over and over again, fail many times. And after practicing for a long time, you'll be able to do that. Right? So with something like getting fit, becoming a bodybuilder, or learning an instrument, it's pretty obvious that those things are skills and those things take practice. If someone said, well, I suck at playing the guitar, but they've never picked up a guitar or they've never practiced the guitar, they've never made a concentrated effort to actually practice that skill, you'll say, well, obviously you're not good at guitar. You have, you, you never even touched a guitar. So what are you talking about? Of course, how can you expect to be good at it, right? But for some reason, what I found is that when we talk about things like social skills, communication skills, well, people tend to look at those as skills that you can't necessarily develop. So people are very quick to say, well, I'm not good at talking to people about animal rights without ever have put in any sort of concentrated practice. And if you look at it from that point of view, that's just absurd. So what you, you're gonna have to do is take massive action. Now, the way that I recommend going about this is joining 
some of your local activism groups, right? Anonymous for the Voiceless is one, but there are many ways to get involved. And, you know, just find people who are advocating for animals in your local area. If you don't live in a place where people are doing that, then I recommend even commuting somewhere that might be a little bit far from where you live. I think it's worth it to go there, you know, once or twice, meet the community, and that can get you started. I think that putting yourself around the community is going to be the, the, the biggest motivation for you to actually go start and start taking action. So I definitely recommend that. And once you do that, I want you to just start practicing with a lot of people. Now, what's great about going to an outreach event, an organized outreach event, like a Cuba Truth by Anonymous for the Voiceless? What's so great about that is that you have a window of two to four hours where you can practice on total strangers. And in those two to four hours, you could potentially talk to more people than you've talked to about animal rights um, at any past time in your life. Right, so maybe before your first outreach event, you have spoken to five people max. Well, if you go to one event, you can maybe talk to between five and 20 people just in one event, right? Because it's designed that way. And also because you don't know those people, the stakes are not high. If you say something that really offends them and you have no chance of becoming good friends with them, it doesn't matter as much because most likely you're never gonna see them again. And even if you did, it wouldn't really matter. So that gives you the room to make mistakes, which is crucial in learning anything. And it gives you the opportunity to just get a lot of reference experiences. And in my experience, in my opinion, if you don't put yourself in a situation where you can talk to a lot of people, I don't know how you can develop this skill, right? And I'm not just talking about how to be great at outreach in a situation where you're at an outreach event. For me, what I found is that because I've put myself in those situations over and over and over again by going to events like that, well, when I find myself in a day-to-day -day situation where, say, I'm sitting next to someone on a bus or on a plane or maybe um, my Uber driver or something like that, well, I know how to have an outreach conversation with them because I have taken massive action in the past, right? So that's why it's so important to do that because that's what's gonna give you the skills and the experience necessary to then know what to do in a situation where it's like, like I said, maybe your Uber driver, but maybe even your friends, your family, right? The people directly around you that you're having frustrating conversations with right now, you have no idea how to approach them. Well, I guarantee that after you've had dozens and hundreds of conversations with strangers, you're gonna have a much better idea of how to approach these people who are already in your life and you have a much better chance of having effective conversations with them that are not going to result in you running around in circles and ultimately you getting frustrated and feeling like no one cares, right? And the perfect story to illustrate this to me in, in my personal journey is me going to the week of truth. Now, the week of truth was an entire week of outreach. It was in New York City last year. And what happened was that I was there for I think seven or eight days, and every day we would do outreach for the entire day, or the entire day was a cube of truth. So we would alternate between doing outreach and being in the cube. But it was back-to-back -back days of basically talking to strangers all day about this. And prior to that, I had never been in a situation where I had so much momentum with this, right? It would always be, maybe I'll get a cube of truth every week, every two weeks, but it was never this back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back doing it over and over and over again. And what happened is that as we went through the days because I had so much back to back to back to back experience. I was taking massive action. There were so many concepts and ideas in my mind that started to make sense. I understood how to advocate for animals in a more effective way. And I can't, I, I can't explain to you how this feels in words, or I can try my best. But the only way that you can recognize this is when this is actually gonna happen to you. You'll see that as you take massive action and you put yourself in a situation where you're talking to people over and over and over again, 
you're going to start to understand the inner workings of conversations. You're going to start to really understand and be able to dial into where other people are at and you're going to know what to say. You're going to understand, you know, when we talk about concepts like holding people accountable, those things are going to make sense on a much deeper level than they do if you just hear about them without actually applying them. Now, I don't know if this is everyone's case. Maybe some people, you know, they instinct, instinctively get it, but I'm making this podcast for people who don't feel that way. You know, people who maybe relate to my story where you, you just, you have no idea what to say. You have no idea where to start. You, you don't understand how people communicate and, and maybe you're not a great communicator, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if that's your case, you know, some people might be able to be great outreachers without taking um, massive action. But for, for those of us who are not like that, then we are going to have to take massive action. So step two is taking massive action. And also as a side note, um, I want you to, if you have not taken massive action, then maybe listen to the rest of this episode, but at the same time, um, the rest of this episode, I don't know how much it's going to help you because you're going to want to start there. You're going to want to start with taking massive action. And if right now you're not in a situation where you're talking to a lot of people about animal rights and you want to actually develop this skill, this is your first action step is to go put yourself proactively in a type of situation where you regularly have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people. And then maybe, you know, even though you might listen to the rest of this podcast right now, revisit this because the next steps will only make sense if you're actually doing this, or you can feel great listening to this, but ultimately if you're not taking action, then this is all, it's kind of a waste of your time, right? And it's not wasting my time because I already recorded this, but I don't want you to waste your time, right? And I want you to actually get results. My goal for you is to really, I want you to actually take action upon this, all right? Because inspiration without action does nothing for the animals, does nothing for you. It's not going to improve your life. It's not going to move anything forward. All right. And moving on to step number three. Step number three is learn. Learn, 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 learn. And what do I mean by this? I mean, learn from external sources. Go seek out sources that talk about communication, that talk about outreach, and learn from them. I want you to listen to different points of view because if you don't instinctively understand communication, then you're going to have to learn it from somewhere, right? And there are people who have dedicated many years or their lives even to understanding how to better communicate with others. And so for me, I want to make sure that we learn from those sources, right? Some great sources include some books. Some books that I greatly recommend to you are How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Crucial Conversations. Um, you can learn from my personal videos. I made many different videos on the topic of communication on outreach. Um, you can learn from different people in the community who have posted about how they go about how they go about doing outreach. Now, what method you learn or who you learn from at this stage is not so important. But what I think is important is for you to get some sort of external feedback, right? The point of learning from external sources is that it's not all coming from within. Because in my experience, um, for me personally, and I can't speak for everyone here, but for me, if I go out and I go talk to a lot of people, I say I try to figure out how to communicate a message of animal liberation. I try to figure out how to talk about animal rights in an effective way, right? If I just go have these experiences and then I just think about it in my own mind, I can't figure out what went right or what went wrong. I can't figure out how to improve upon that. I, I don't understand why certain things happened the way they did. I just have no idea because I don't instinctively understand all this. All right? And so for me, the only way that I can make sense of my experiences is by comparing them against different concepts that different people have came up with with regards to communication. So for example, I'll give you a very concrete example. Um, I read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, I've spoken about this book a few times already, but one of the main 
topics or one of the main concepts that the author covers in that book is the importance of listening to the other person. And he says that the best way to be interesting is to be interested. Right, that if you want someone to listen to you, then you must listen to them first. Well, I'm gonna tell you a couple of stories, one in outreach and one not in outreach, of how you know, actually having read that helped me first become a better communicator and then make sense of what happens in different situations in my real life. And the reason I wanna illustrate this in outreach and not in outreach is because I wanna illustrate to you that all the concepts that we're gonna be talking about here, all the things that you can learn, advocating for animals are all things you can also apply in different areas of your life, right? For me, activism, as I said in one of my previous videos, is a, a wonderful opportunity for you to grow as a person. So this first experience happened when I was in my apartment in Orange County when I was going to college. Now, my roommate's brother actually visited us for, uh, for a little while, for a few days. And while he was there one day, I was sitting in the kitchen and he came into the kitchen and we started talking. And as we were talking, you know, I asked him about what he was up to and he was talking to me about how he was going to college and he was learning this and learning that and he was into computer programming or something like that. My memory's a little fuzzy right now, but you know, he was talking to me about that and all I did during that conversation is I just listened to what he said. And when he would say something, I would ask him a question about what he was talking about to learn more about what he was talking about um, because I was genuinely interested in what he had to say. So I said, well, when you're learning programming or, or, or you know, you're designing user interfaces, are you doing, doing the front end or the back end? Are you actually designing the visuals or are you putting together the technical parts? How does this work? What is the difference? Do people usually do both? And I was asking all these questions about what he was passionate about and he kept explaining all these different things that I had no idea about. Now, these are not things that I go about thinking about in my day-to-day -day life, but there are things that interested me. And more importantly, I have this mindset of when I'm gonna to talk to someone, I'm gonna to listen to their perspective. I'm interested in knowing what they think about things, what their stories, et cetera, et cetera. So he was telling me all about, about all this. And this exchange lasted maybe 10 to 20 minutes. You know, he was just talking about all this stuff. And this whole time, I didn't say a single thing about myself. I didn't, you know, and this was one of the first times we've talked, right? So I didn't say anything about myself. And all this conversation was, was him telling me stuff, me asking questions, and him telling me more stuff that he was passionate about. And now what happened after this conversation is that for whatever reason, he had to go, or maybe I had to go, I can't remember. He was leaving, or we were parting ways. And he was telling me, man, you are so awesome to hang out with. We have to hang out before, before I leave. We have to hang out more because I love hanging out with you so much. This conversation was so much fun. And what I was thinking to myself in my mind was, well, I didn't really say anything, but because I had read that book, because I had read How to Win Friends and Influence People and other, I consulted other resources and I understood, at least in theory, the power of listening, that made sense in that moment, right? If I hadn't heard that, well, first of all, I wouldn't even have acted in that way. But if by a miracle, I would have acted that way. And he said, man, this conversation was so awesome. I wouldn't have understood why. And so that's why learning and getting this external feedback helped me make sense of that situation. And now I remember it even years later as a learning experience that still helps me today in my day-to-day -day life, right? When I'm hanging out with someone, I might remember the situation, remember the lesson and actually apply it, right? How does this work in outreach? Well, one tactic that I often use, I call it tactic because, you know, for me, it's something that I do consciously because I, I have to learn all this stuff. When I'm gonna be spending 
a sizable amount of time with someone and I want to talk about animal rights is I'll listen to them first, right? So for example, um, I used to go to Rowdy Girl Sanctuary in Angleton when they used to be in Angleton to help them out with social media films and stuff and, and you know, work on different projects. Um, and what would happen is that I would go to Texas and I would have to take uh, a car. Like you can't, there's no public transport between the airports and the actual sanctuary. So, you know, at times when no one could come to pick me up, I would order some sort of a ride share service, right? I would order Uber or Lyft or something like that. And this ride was about 40 minutes to an hour and a half. I can't remember. It's like somewhere around that range. And every single time that I did that ride, whether it be to the sanctuary or back to the airports, I would always push myself to have an outreach conversation with the driver of, um, of that car. And the way that I would go about it, and this is what I found to be the most effective, is before I even think about talking to them, about animal rights, about animal liberation, what we do to animals, veganism, I would listen to them and I would ask them a bunch of questions. And it would start really simple. I would ask them, how's your day going? Are you just starting your shift or just ending your shift? How long have you been working for, for Uber? Okay, great, awesome. And it was super, like, super low pressure. And I would just ask them these questions and then eventually I would get into, what do you do in your free time? What are you passionate about? Oh, really? That's really cool. Okay, tell me more about that. And I would listen and listen and listen and listen and listen. And they would tell me about their hobbies, their families, their struggles, all that. They would tell me about, they would just be talking and talking. And they would be delighted because I'm actually there listening, right? And what would inevitably happen after 15, 20 minutes of this is they would ask me, well, what about you though? I, I, just, I just spoke a lot. What about you? Now, this might not always happen, but what I found is that more often than not, this happens. And then I would tell them, well, what do you want to know? And they'll be like, well, what, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, I actually advocate for animals. I'm an animal rights activist. They're like, really? So what, what, kind, what kind of work do you do? And that's when I would enter the conversation about animal rights and have a conversation where you know, they're actually willing to listen. They're actually willing to have a conversation with me because I spent a lot of time listening first. And I've had this happen time and time again. I remember multiple times when I was in Texas that happening. I remember, you know, once that happening when I was coming back from Portland to Berkeley for the last couple of days of the Animal Liberation Conference. And I had an outreach conversation with the, the person who was, was driving my Uber, right? So I've had this happen many times, but this concept of listening first has proven to me to be just so powerful. But anyways, all that to illustrate the point that if you want to become a better outreacher after you go take massive action, you're going to want to have to learn from different sources and apply what you learn and that's how you're going to start getting better. So start consulting resources and start looking out for different situations and try to understand situations with regards to what you're learning. Now, what is the step after that? So step four is simply, like I've already alluded to, apply what you've learned. And what I mean by this is that now you should be at a point where you're taking massive action. You're putting yourself proactively in a situation where you have many different opportunities to talk to many different people, strangers, about animal rights in order to use them, use them as practice, quote unquote, right? You've also been consulting different resources, whether they be my videos, the books that are recommended, other workshops from other activists. And you're thinking about, well, how do I apply this? Well, what you're gonna to wanna to do now is when you actually go talk to people you're gonna to want to consciously apply those concepts, right? Because what happens is that when you're in the moment, when you're in that situation where you're gonna to talk to someone, well, it's good to have read all these books and watched all these videos and seen these workshops, but 
in the moment, you might find yourself in a situation where you, you jump into a conversation and you, you revert back to your default, right? You're not trying any, any of the new concepts that you learned just because you're overtaken by the pressure of the moment or you know, you're, you're, just, you're just so in the moment or you don't wanna try something that's gonna be awkward or, or whatever it is. So what you're gonna to wanna to do is to have a plan. So for me, every single time that I go to an outreach event, I have a plan as to what I'm gonna try that day or that night of outreach. Sometimes there are simple commitments, like today I commit to listening to the person in front of me, I'm gonna practice listening. Some other times I'm like, I'm gonna try this sequence of questions or I'm gonna try this one method that I heard from this one activist in this one workshop, right? I always have this plan of what I'm gonna try. And what I do is when I go into conversations, I actually do that thing. And the frame that I have here is a frame that's I'm here, I'm here advocating for animals, but also I'm here to learn, right? And I'm not afraid of those awkward moments because when you try something new, it is going to be awkward. It is gonna be weird. And when you say it, you might not feel comfortable saying it. It might not feel like you're being yourself, right? The first time you ask a question like, how do you justify paying for animal abuse? Do you think it's ethical what we do to animals? What's a humane way to kill an animal? If I killed you that way, would that be ethical? If someone killed me that way, would that be ethical? Okay, what is, what is the difference between killing a dog for food and killing a pig for food? Why is it that a human's life is worth more than the life of a chicken, right? The first time you ask some of these questions or you say some of these things, it might seem really weird. It might seem out of character. You might feel uncomfortable, but that's the point. The first time you try anything, it's gonna be a little awkward. Right, let's go back to the analogy I was giving with going to the gym or learning a new instrument. The first time that you pick up a guitar and you play some chords, is it gonna sound great? No, it's gonna sound terrible. It's gonna be extremely awkward. It's gonna be weird. You're gonna have to make an effort to actually do that. So same thing here. When you try these new concepts, even the first time you really truly listen to someone, it might be uncomfortable, it might be weird. Right? But you gotta get over that. You gotta realize that that's just a part of the process. And the frame of mind to come from here is to realize that yes, I suck right now, but I'm gonna get better, right? It's that growth mindset that we talked about earlier. So realize that it's gonna be awkward and just go through with it anyways. Even to this day, sometimes I go out and you know what, I tell myself, this is what I'm gonna try tonight and I'm in conversations and I, I say this thing and I'm like, well, that was awkward, but it doesn't matter because I committed to trying this thing and so I'm gonna try it. And I know that for me, unless I proactively go do that, I'm not gonna improve, right? The way that you wanna think about this is you, you don't wanna think about becoming a great advocate tomorrow because that's not gonna happen, especially if you're awkward, if you're shy, if you don't understand how to communicate with people, like where I was, right? You're not gonna become a great advocate overnight, but you can become a great advocate over weeks, over months, over years, right? And the good news I have for you here is that in my experience, outreach is an extremely simple skill to learn if you compare it to other skills, right? I think that learning how to do outreach is much easier than doing many other things that you might wanna learn, like learning a language, learning an instrument, learning fitness. I think that outreach is really simple compared to a lot of these things. So that's the good news for you. But you're gonna to wanna to think about this as a long-term plan, right? The way that progress goes is not linear. So if you think about a graph, your progress is not gonna go like this. Your progress is gonna go like this. 
Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that when you try a new concept, say you go out and you commit to just trying to, to get outside your comfort zone. You're like, today, I'm gonna ask the question, um, do you think it's ethical what we do to animals? Do you think this is wrong what you see here? It's just an example, all right? Well, if you've never said that before and you feel even awkward saying that, what's gonna happen is that you think your ability to do outreach is right here. But as you say it, because it's awkward, you're gonna perceive like you're down here. You're gonna be like, man, I, I really suck. But see what's gonna happen is that if you try that over and over and over again, and you get the lessons from it, eventually you're gonna internalize those lessons and your level is gonna shoot to up here. So you went down, now you go up. And now your new baseline is better than your previous best. If you actually apply those steps and you proactively change your mindset to have a growth mindset, you take massive action, you learn from others, and you apply what you learned, well, what you'll find is that a couple months from now, maybe three months from now, your average interaction with someone about animal rights is gonna be better than your best interaction three months ago. Where you follow that because you're just getting better over time. So this is how you wanna look at this, and you're gonna wanna get over the fact that, well, if I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna have to go through some awkward, some awkward moments, and that's totally okay. You don't have to be perfect, and the only way to get better is to go through those rough patches, is to go through those awkward phases. All right, and finally, step five to this process is to reflect. Right, going out and applying the things that you learn is extremely important, but also another part of that that's extremely important is to reflect upon your experiences and pull out the lessons from your actual experiences. So there are many different ways that you can do this, and one such way, one thing that really helped me personally is to record myself. And what I found is that when I record myself and I watch back my conversations, and you know, I edit them and I, and I think about them, that helps me sort out in my head all these different ideas that I've had about how outreach works, and I'm able to see I'm, I'm able to see the conversation for what it is much more impartially than when I'm actually in the conversation. So by recording myself, I can watch them, I can watch the conversations back and then compare my experience, different things that I've learned to different things that I've learned from books, from videos, from workshops, et cetera, et cetera. And I can actually pull out the lessons much easier. Right. Another thing that I've done that I recommend you do is to do a written field report. So what does that look like? Very simple. No, go through your nights and you can use this as an opportunity to even reframe the way that you're thinking about all this, right? Um, write about what happened that night, write about what was awesome about that night, look at the positive, right? Um, you know, talk about the great things that you have done and then talk about three, you know, three, like a, a very simple formula is three awesome things that happened that, that night and three lessons that you've learned. And by the way, if you can't come up every time you go talk to someone, even with, with anything in life, but let's even keep it to one conversation with someone, right? If you go out and you have one conversation with someone about animal rights and you can't think about three awesome things about the conversation and three things that you could learn from the conversation, then you're really going to want to like start training yourself to see more positive things and to, to see more lessons in things, right? For me, even if I have one three-minute conversation, I'm gonna be able to tell you 10 amazing things that happened and 10 things I've learned from the conversation. It's just, it's a mindset, right? It's a mindset that you're gonna see the great in everything and you're gonna pull out the lessons, right? And those things can be simple things like, well, I actually went up and had that conversation that was awesome. I actually asked this person this question, right? You always wanna keep it on your behavior because you can't control how the other person reacts. Um, but anyways, I might go more into, in depth into this topic in another episode, 
I should probably do that. I would love to talk about that, something I'm very passionate about. But for now, you know, talk about three awesome things that happened and three things that you can learn. And another way that you can do this is you can talk to friends, right? Proactively talk about it. What have you learned tonight? Instead of just talking about your different experiences and, and being like, wow, that's great. You know, I had this experience and I said this and they said that. Well, that's great to talk about this, but let's talk about what we learned here. What did you learn tonight? What did you learn from that conversation? Okay, this is what I learned tonight, right? You can start reframing your conversations um, with your friends about to be about what you learned, right? And another thing that you can do too, if you're more like me, is you can do a video blog. So recently I've been putting out these outreach breakdown videos. And like I've said in one of the previous episodes of that, well, part of the reason I do that is for you. So I want to, you know, share with you all the lessons that I'm getting out of all these conversations. But another part of it too is for me, that is my way of sorting out all these ideas and of going through it and, and pulling out all the lessons, right? Because I love talking, I love recording myself, and by proactively doing that, that allows me to learn from the conversation. So I'm learning just as much from making those videos as you are from, from watching them, if you do watch them. And probably I'm learning even more than you, right? Because I'm the one actually doing the thinking here. So those lessons actually sink in to, um, to my psyche. All right, now, Let's me go back to one concept that I admitted throughout this entire podcast that I really wanted to talk about. Um, and that is the importance of actually taking action. And the reason I wanna talk about this is because I just foresee that one of the major things that's gonna happen, when I put this out, if you listen to this, if you're inspired, you're like, I, I wanna speak up for animals, I wanna become an advocate for animals. Well, one of the major things that's gonna stop a lot of people is simply the step of taking massive action. And I want to emphasize here, like I emphasized already a few times during this podcast, that unless you actually take action, listening to this whole rant is going to be a waste of your time. You actually have to go do these things. You actually have to go talk to people. You actually have to go consult resources. You actually have to go create a plan, apply things that you've learned, reflect upon your experiences, um, because otherwise you're just going to be where you're at right now. I want you to imagine where your life is gonna be in a year if you don't apply all this. If you want to advocate for animals, but you don't actually do anything to proactively start becoming an advocate for animals, where's your life gonna be in a year? You're gonna be exactly where you are today. You're not gonna be any better of an advocate for animals, no matter how many videos you watch, no matter how inspired you are, nothing's gonna change unless you actually start taking action. So that's why you have to take, start taking action. But also, what's the other reason, even with regards to, to listening to this? What I found is that the human mind, we only learn things that are relevant to us. We're only able to absorb information that is actually relevant to us in the moment. Well, I don't know if this applies to everyone. This certainly applies to me. And even if it doesn't completely apply to you, I would guess that it applies to you to a great degree. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that you might hear a lesson from what I've learned here. For example, let's talk about the importance of listening. You might hear about that, but unless actually learning that is relevant to your life, meaning that you've had situations where you failed at something because you weren't able to listen properly, well, that lesson might not sink into your mind, right? So a lot of things that you wanna learn about communication, unless you actually start taking massive action, those lessons are not even gonna sink into your mind, right? What you'll find is that 
At first, it might be a little slow, you might be really intimidated, but when you actually start putting yourself out there, when you start taking action, what's gonna happen is that it's gonna open up what's called the RAS, your reticular activation system. Reticular, I think that's what it's called, right? It doesn't matter. What that means is what your mind focuses on, right? And as human beings, our mind can focus on different things. Now, what happens is that as you go out and you take action, you talk to a lot of people about animal rights, what happens is that you find yourself over and over again in situations where you're like, man, I, I always run out of things to say at a certain point. People tell me this particular excuse and I never know what to say. And what that's gonna create is that's gonna create a pain point for you that allows your RAS, your reticular activation system, to focus and to find information that's actually gonna help you overcome that particular obstacle. So now all of a sudden, when you go read a book, like How to Win Friends and Influence People, all the lessons that you learn in that book now make sense to you because you've had the pain of not knowing those lessons and therefore, it's actually gonna sink into your mind and you're so much more likely to apply that, which is gonna help you not only in your activism and in your advocacy for animals, but just in your life in general. So that's why I really encourage you to take massive action because it's the only way that you're gonna learn all this, is the only way that if you envision yourself to be a powerful, effective, confident voice of the animals, is the only way that you're gonna get there. And it's also what's gonna lead you to have a much better life overall, where you're gonna be able to learn skills, see communication skills that are gonna help you in all the different areas of your life, right? Whether it be your friendships, your family, your career, your, your dating life, right? I believe that things that you learn from doing outreach can translate into all those different areas of your life, and it's just gonna be an upward spiral for you. As you gain momentum, what you're gonna find is that you're gonna go up and up and up and up, and it's gonna get better and better and better and better and better. All right, so to summarize everything that we've talked about here, I wanna leave you with a very clear summary. Step one, start with developing a growth mindset. Start understanding that every human is cut from the same cloth. What one person can do, another person can do. Whoever you admire right now, and you wanna be like, you can be like that if you put in the work, all right? And step two is take massive action. From that understanding, proactively put yourself in a situation where you can practice this particular skill of outreach. Step three, learn from outside sources. Read books, watch videos, attend workshops, watch videos of workshops, just consume different information. Step four, apply what you've learned. Go into situations with a clear plan of what you're gonna try. Don't be afraid of being awkward. Don't be afraid of it being weird at first, but go into it with a mindset you're gonna learn from it. And five, reflect upon your experiences. Map what you've experienced to things that you've learned. And if you rinse and repeat this, you do this over and over and over again, it's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's not gonna happen next week. It's not even gonna happen next month. But maybe a year from now, two years from now, you are going to be an effective, confident voice for animals, and you're gonna be in a place in your life where anything that anyone throws at you, you're gonna know how to respond to them, and you are going to be creating a better world for animals in a much more effective way than you could ever imagine yourself to be creating right now. So, I hope that this was useful to you. I wanna thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please find some way to, to give feedback to me. Maybe write a comment on you know a cut down of a clip I put from this on my Instagram or on my YouTube. You know, let me know. And also let me know what types of topics you want me to cover here. What I wanna cover is all the different things that have helped me become a more powerful, effective, confident voice of the animals. Um, and uh, 
that's just what I want to do. So again, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. You're amazing. Always remember that and have an incredible rest of your day, week, month, year, and life. Keep defending animals and I'll talk to you real soon.